The following is an Elite Exteriors podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another installment of Slingin' Roost 101. Uh, as always, I am your host, Jordan. Um, today with me I have Shauna, who is uh, one of our all-star members of our office crew. She does so much for us. And uh, joining us once again is Chuck, one of the owners. What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing today? What's going on, Jordan? Everything is going good. Yourself? Man, everything is going excellent. It's been a great year. I can't, I can't lie. So today, though, we're going to be talking about... The inspection process you know uh, everybody needs to understand exactly what they're doing during an inspection and uh, so that's what this this episode here is going to uh, be covering <clears throat> so uh, I mean to start off um, when you first arrive to a home you know obviously you're gonna let that homeowner know you're there if this is a pre-scheduled inspection or uh, if you're door knocking and they let you on the roof um, at that point you're gonna begin your inspection so <clears throat> the approach is uh, generally going to be the same. I, I like to start off with the mailbox. I want to take a photo of that. It's going to be in my camera roll that way, so I know I have a beginning spot. So when I go to upload my photos to AccuLinks, which is the program we use, I'm not taking photos from another, you know, inspection and putting them on the wrong, uh, in the wrong file there. Uh, but I start off with the mailbox. Um, I'm going to be looking at the driveway uh, as I walk up. Any kind of existing cracks. Uh, take photos of. Um, of each elevation that's front left back right um, reason being is it's going to make that conversation on the back end easier if that homeowner thinks that we did some sort of damage during our construction process or maybe you know like if there's an existing crack in the driveway you know we're putting a 20 30 foot dumpster some sometimes there and if it damages that driveway then we'll be able to tell if it happened beforehand or not uh, if that's something that we need to cover or if the homeowner needs to understand that was already there um, let's see, moving forward though, um, before we get into actual inspection and everything like that, <clears throat> is there anything you wanted to touch base on or? Uh, I, I think the, that elevation photos are extremely important in regards to, uh, um, I believe a couple times we've learned the hard way of paying for windows that, that are cracked that I don't think that we, um, did during our installation, I, th I think those were pre-existing. But the right, fact tell us a little bit about that though, because I, I do recall you told me this uh, about one of the customers we had. It was a small crack in one of the panes, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah, I mean, and it's something that you're not really gonna even see unless you're really looking for. Uh, absolutely, you you, you kind of start looking for these things after you kind of learn the hard way. Um, <clears throat> so st starting from the mailbox to the driveway even oil spills or any tire marks in the in the landscaping um from from the front of the house all the way around um the, the windows are important the siding's important um any existing pre-existing gutter damages is, is is important um just in case after the installation the homeowner comes back and say hey you damaged this and you have your evidence yeah. to, to to back it up absolutely and when he's talking about gutter damage he's not talking about hail dings and things of that nature you're you're talking more about like you know a, a gutter hanging off of a house or yes yeah, uh, some kind something. of bent bent metal or something of that nature right something along those lines yeah right? so i mean when you're doing your inspection obviously you should be paying pretty close detail to everything and you know try to look out for any kind of if you think you should take a photo of it take a photo of it the more photos the better right shauna Absolutely. <clears throat> so I'm 
Go ahead. I'm always pushing the photos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you guys Shana, hear too much about it. <laughs> Shana definitely, uh, she handles a lot of the supplementing process for us, uh, which we will get into in a, uh, episode later on down the line and what all that entails. But, um, so she's always making sure that we're getting the correct photos. So a lot of this information that we're about to spit out now has come really directly from her and in our training. Um, so when you actually begin the inspection, uh, we're going to be looking, well, first you need to know exactly what type of storm hit. You're going to want to know if it's a hailstorm or a windstorm because if it's a windstorm, you know, collateral is going it, to, it's really going to have to be high winds to, uh, to cause some collateral damage most likely. Um, most, in the state of Georgia anyway, you know, we don't get a lot of hurricane winds and stuff like that. So it's, in that situation, it's typically on the roof, you'd say, right? Yeah, uh, besides the occasional tornadoes that come through here. Right, um, right. Which, in case you would be probably filing like a large loss claim or just taking off, you know, parts of the house. And Absolutely. Um, so, if we're talking about hail, obviously we're going to be looking at soft metals. Um, that's gutters, downspouts, things of that nature. Window screens. Uh, that's a good one. That's easier to get damaged by hail. Um, from what I've learned, height matters. You know, um, if you have a ding that's down by your knees, something like that, in a in a downspout, you know. It could be argued that a rock got kicked up by a lawnmower, something like that. So, in my experience, it's like, you know, I'm six one, so like about head height or above, like you know, where my hand can reach or up, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's something generally above the waist. Above the waist, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on the shape of the hit and the in the size of it as well, because. Uh, you want it to be consistent across the board. You know, if you have inch and a quarter hits on the roof, there needs to be, you know, some type of, you know, similar kind of dings and soft metals as well. Correct. Um, so gutters, downspouts, corner strips, returns, you know, those metal awnings and things of that nature. Um, the whole point of collateral damage, in my opinion, is it tells the story of what direction that storm came from. So not only does it prove that the, um, that the storm hit that particular house, that particular location. But when you were up on the roof, it's also going to give you a good idea of where you're going to see a lot of damage on these slopes too, probably. Um, spatter on AC units and other components such as that, uh, always a good indicator that hail has hit the location as well. Um, these adjusters, when it comes time for those meetings, they're looking for collateral damage. Uh, if they get on a roof that's just completely blasted, but you don't have any damage to soft metals, you know, they're going to be kind of asking some questions, most likely. Yeah, definitely. That's when blistering and, and granule loss and just normal wear and tear comes into play. Right, exactly. Um, so, let's see here. As we're actually going up the ladder to begin our inspection, now, Shauna, this is where you come in. Um, what's the first thing we need to be doing when we get to the top of that ladder? Well, just to touch on your previous uh you're talking about uh, doing the inspection going around and looking for associated damages other mm -hmm. damages um we can't forget the siding and the paint as well no, absolutely um siding and paint is very easily chipped and if you have you know chips along the edge of a you know hardy board siding or something like that um the chances of that being anything but hail is extremely i mean you, what else could it be um, so, you know, and if there are damages, you know, to the siding, obviously they, we would need to put that in there to have it taken care of and, you know, essentially paint that whole side of the home. Absolutely. Um, so, and then while you're going up the ladder, you know, definitely my number one is, um, the drip edge starter, um, you know, look, just look under that first shingle and 
and uh, snap that photo while you're still on the ladder. Yep, so drip head starter. Um, now, what's the best place? To, you, you mentioned decking, Chuck. Uh, yeah, so pre-1970s, um, homes were installed with a different type of, uh, of decking, some slat decking. Um, a lot of times there, there's gaps and voids in between these deckings that causes it to be an unnailable surface. Now, code states that it has to be an unnailable surface. So mm -hmm. that, that's we're going to go back with some OSB over top of that over top of that slack to give it a true nailable surface in order to honor our lifetime warranty that that we offer to our homeowners right okay now coming up you know at, right there at the eve or wherever it may be you're, you're putting your ladder up at you're, you're lifting those shingles you're taking a photo like shauna said you want to uh if there's drip edge on the house this is how you prove it you know that's this is how to get insurance to pay for it to be reinstalled or remove and replace um the starter as well i mean can you i can tell that it's osb at that point right Absolutely. Or do you need to actually go in the attic? That there's times where it's where it's tough. If if I can't get it right there at the ladder, I'll go to the rake and pull up the side of the rake. Um, a lot of times the contractor beforehand didn't run that felt all the way to the edge, and mm -hmm. and you can kind of find a little peep spot right there. A lot of times they don't run that starter at the very beginning. I meant the the felt right there at the very beginning where you can get up. Eat, the ladder if there's no drip edge currently present uh, it should be accessible to see okay at that point now we know that uh you know we said it before the drip heads uh, came into code around 2012 started being enforced 2014 uh do we know when ice and water barrier became code that's a good question jordan you know what okay so valley metal is code we just go back with ice and water since we are below okay um we, we are in a southern state so ice and water is not necessarily code um, Valley Metal is, but okay. but we upgrade our clients to ice and water because it's a it's it's a better. Product. Okay, well I have seen ice and water on uh, scopes before, obviously. So um, where where do you tell that you know where do you look to see if ice and water is already on a home? When you're walking in the valleys, if there's Valley Metal present, you can kind of hear a crunch, or you can get to the bottom of the valley and pull those shingles up and see that Valley Metal. In order to determine ice and water's present, that's um, that's probably going to have to be notated during tear off and, right, and supplemented right. on the back end. Right, and supplemented, correct. Okay, so um, let's go. Let's go. Let's go ahead and move, move a little bit forward. Now we're actually on the roof. Um, you know, we found the easiest access point. Um, and, and you know, talking about easiest access point, um, you're going to want to be looking for low pitches. So something to have. Uh, when you're at that ladder, it's possibly a pitch gauge on your on your uh, phone. They have free apps. You can tell exactly what kind of steep, if it's a steep pitch, a eight, nine, ten, or eleven, or whatever. Um, anything you know below an eight, it's not it's not too bad. You know. Um, another thing, uh, if you happen to have a shingle gauge, you know, and you're dealing with some of these three tab roofs, you know, twenty years are obviously discontinued. Um, some 20 years are actually labeled as 25 warranty years from my experience is what I've seen in, with a couple of Allstate claims, right? Um, so go ahead and toss a shingle gauge on there. You're going to want a photo of that so you can use that for uh, later purposes during the supplement process if necessary. Um, now getting on the actual roof though, um, if it happens to be a double pull too, sometimes you know the ladder's not that long. I said before I like to use a 22 footer, it can give me on the majority of roofs, but however, Sometimes, you know, people got a, a hip roof style home and it's just, it's two stories and, 
you know maybe they don't have a back deck because it's you know there's no basement on the thing or anything like that so it's I don't have a, a fully extendable ladder to get up there so if they had a front porch I can get on that and then double pull up on, on onto the roof itself if you happen to be doing that make sure you uh, have a second guy uh, holding that ladder down there uh, if it's you know the slightest pitch it can really slide out so another precaution you can take is bungeeing that ladder to the gutter as well uh, to make sure that that ladder doesn't go anywhere when you're going up um let's see here yeah sa safety's huge you want to make sure Definitely. you have you have the right tools to properly assess these roofs um, we don't want to see anybody in this industry falling and 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 hurting themselves um yeah cougar paws set, set your ladder up in the, in the correct place ridge pro goat whatever your system may be um cushions <laughs> yeah just stay safe. yeah we did cover a lot of that in the last episode so i don't want to i don't want to tarp on it too much um let's get back to the actual inspection process though um you know we mentioned knowing what kind of storm hit so i mean if it's a wind storm we're looking for wind crease shingles um now some tabs will come up they can reseal as well uh chuck shauna and chuck talk to me a little bit about like mat transfer and you know things like that and you know what what to what to look out for when you're talking about wind damage so if, if you're chasing a windstorm um the first sign may may obviously be missing shingles um right. th th there may be some crease shingles that you cannot see from the ground so you want to get up and give it a further inspection um mat transfer um there, there's been many of cases where i believe wind has caused mat transfer and then mat transfer can also be uh, well I, I brought it up because i feel like that's probably the adjuster's first go-to argument if they're going to try to deny a roof ab or, ab absolutely you know no. they're, they're going to be looking at mat transfer uh there you know there has been times you know i believe that they've accused people of doing things they haven't done because of that so it's a great right. great that you brought up that point that you know actual <coughs> wind can do that another thing before we move forward you know i learned this uh, on my own doing my own research wind doesn't actually go up under a shingle i think a lot of people get confused by that wind comes over a roof and it creates a suction and it pulls the shingle up right so uh, you know <laughs> people uh, i think people get that kind of confused sometimes you know especially in the beginning if you're a rookie you know you should understand that but anyway what were you saying my bad um yeah the adjusters uh, that that's that, that's a, a quick way for them to den deny or, mm -hmm. or or say that this is mechanical um if, the, if they see an excessive amount of mat transfer so if you're on a roof and and, and you find some crease shingles you're flipping these shingles up and, and you notice some mat transfer um go ahead and take photos of that J just just go ahead and let them know that's what you found on your pre-inspection right. those, those are pre-existing mat transfers you, you know you want to protect yourself Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, if, if there has been another con, it's always good to ask the homeowner too, you know, has this been inspected before? Has there been another contractor on this roof? You know, if you start seeing a lot of mat transfer like that, you know, it is possible that somebody went out there and did damage the roof trying to get the homeowner to file a claim. Now, if that's the case, um, I, I believe you can, would you go ahead and tell the homeowner to file vandalism at that point? No, I, I wouldn't even bring anything up to the homeowner at that point. Okay. Uh, um, personally, some people may. Uh, I'm gonna, if if I'm in that scenario, I'm gonna go ahead and file it, and mm -hmm. then I'm gonna meet the adjuster out on site when he comes up, and and when he, 
if he flips these shingles and noticed this, I'm gonna I'm gonna let him know that I noticed it as well. And these are these are the photos that I took. This was okay. pre-existing. So it was maybe a better better option to handle that kind of in-house between you and the the adjuster during that inspection. Correct. Okay. That's, well, just, just my personal opinion. No, that, that's that, well, you've been in you've been in the business a little longer than I have, so I, you know I value that opinion, but yep. <laughs> uh, Shauna, uh, now as an you know you used to be an adjuster. Right. Um, now tell me a little bit about like crease shingles. Obviously, it's not one single crease. You know, it's it's going to look like like cracking or correct. It's okay. going to look like your knuckle. It's going to there's going to be several. There could be several lines. Oh, that's a good that's a good example of the knuckle. Mm -hmm. I didn't the even knuckle. think about that. Okay, I <laughs> yeah, like it. I it's gonna like be, it. It's going to be creased like your knuckle, um, but it'll be across and and yeah, it's it's, it's probably not going to be even everywhere. Um, the other thing we looked at was debris. Um, so if you have these lifted shingles and it's a windstorm, you know you're you're going to have dirt, um, you're going to have dust or whatnot underneath there. A rusted nail head. A rusted nail head. Oh, okay. Um, you're going to have you're going to have a debris, you know, potentially that's going to keep that you know um, shingle lifted. Uh, you're also going to have um, you know potentially uh, compromised um, strips, you know, the, the shingles are not going to reseal. Uh, so if you have dirt, you know, um, in your strip, in your sealing strips, um, and the shingles can't be resealed, um, I mean, we looked at that, you know, at USAA, that was one of the things that we looked at. So if the shingles are not able to be resealed, um, then obviously they're compromised and the, the integrity of the roof, you know, well, has mm -hmm. been compromised. Um, so, I mean, that was, we considered that wind damage, um, you even, know, at USAA. Even if there was no crease present? Uh, yeah, actually, there were several, I mean, that's kind of what we always looked for, you know, right. creases, what? lifted shingles, debris, and, you know, if there was issues with shingles not um, sealing right. properly. In the policies, does it state actually what wind damage is? No, it just says wind damage. Right, and obviously, you know, it's it's not an industry standard at this point. It, you know, it kind of boils down to that adjuster, their experience, and what what they report back mm -hmm. to the insurance company. Um, but as far as wind goes, it, it actually brings up a good point. You know, and, and you know, in my experience, wind is harder to get a claim bot than it is hail damage. Um, but we see, you know, we hear these horror stories about you know them saying repairing 120 to 200 shingles on our roof and stuff like that before we get into actual hail damage and, and, and what we're looking for up there with that stuff let's talk about that just a little bit because uh, i see it all the time on, on you know like level the playing field and stuff like that people posting these scopes and and saying you know 222 shingles need to be replaced uh one of the common things i hear is uh there's two things one is you're going to tell me which shingles that need to be replaced you know or exactly. um in the homeowner's endorsement or is there an endorsement in the homeowner's policy that determines how much wind damage is is acceptable to fully replace a roof correct right that's the problem that you know and it's not just it's funny because i'm actually disputing two of these right now and one of them is a wind um the other one is actually hail believe it or not well tell us about and, the wind one real fast though well the wind one is uh so we had 48 shingles, wind damage shingles on all slopes, um, and we were told to repair that. And is that um, 48 total? 48 total okay. shingles on the entire roof. Uh, sent it in, said it's, a, and it's also a three-tab 20-year shingle. So we have documentation. It's a 20-year discontinued three-tab shingle. Um, they're wanting to replace it with or repair it with 20-year uh, three-tab shingles. 
40, mm. 49 shingles total was the first scope. Um, well, they, I, wanted, they wanted to replace it with 20 or 25? 20 was the first scope, was 20 year three type shingles. Oh, the first scope, okay. I sent it in, said these are no longer available, discontinued, mm -hmm. um, you know, not repairable. Uh, they came back and said, okay, fine. Um, consequential damage, 20 year tabs. Now you can repair it with three tab, 25 year shingles, and here's 84 shingles now. So they updated their scope to 84 repair, 84 shingle repair on all slopes. Um, so why did they go from 48 to 84? I don't, because of consequential physical damage. Uh, okay. Essentially the shingles around the shingle that is damaged are gonna be damaged during the repair. Gotcha. So they're covering additional so consequential physical they're damage. They're almost in a sense admitting that it's unrepairable at that point. Correct. Well, then, then you also. So I have a third scope. You'd think this would be over, but it's not. So the I sent that back in, called him out on it, said this is ridiculous. Um, I'm sure those are the words you used as I well. Probably did. And then uh, they sent it back. So I have an estimate now for 124 wind damaged shingles. So we're just getting more and more of this more roof more. brought. So now, but. exactly. So I'm on, I'm on my third row now. So Oh gosh. So you tell me how I'm supposed to fix 124 wind damaged shingles on this roof um, oh on all slopes. So let me ask you, how many, uh, how many squares total is this roof? Do you know? It's about, I think it's about 37. 37, okay. Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm not sure. I'd have to I was look. just trying to gauge, you know, like what percentage of this is they're trying to you know, replace or whatever but uh yeah i mean that's uh, i mean my personal opinion that is ridiculous you know they're they're sitting there admitting but that i mean that goes to show you know the the loops or the hoops you have to jump through sometimes for these wind claims absolutely repairability uh, comes into play at some point it has to it has to well that's what i'm saying to. with her though i mean or with this this particular home they're they're admitting it's unrepairable but yet they're adding more and more shingles yeah like because 49 to <laughs> 89 yeah. to 124 there has to come to some point in my opinion that you you, you go ahead and say like okay I, i'm just ex extending the um the the damaged area every single time i replace something so eventually mm -hmm. i'm going to be getting to an entire new roof here let's right. just go ahead and take care of it right what happens to the consequential damage of the consequential yeah. damage <laughs> yeah and it now in keeps going and in cases like this you know we talked about it before with carlton um uh an informed homeowner is going to be your best weapon right. you know these adjusters don't don't talk policy with us you know that's uh it's illegal to talk policy with a contractor according to carlton you know and uh so you have to to inform your homeowner what's going on, you have to explain to them what this insurance company is doing. You know the fact that they're paying them hundreds of dollars a month. You know, you know, let's say they've been in this home for 20 years. You know, and they've been paying 100. Let's just say they paid 100 dollars a month. You know, that's 1,200 dollars a year times 20. They've already paid for this roof probably twice by now. You know what I'm saying? Right. The fact that insurance companies want to, you know. And that's something I, I use with homeowners too to really kind of rile them up a little bit to get them to go call these call these adjusters and kind of get on their butts a little bit to get them moving. Uh, so so don't be scared to to explain to your your homeowners, your clients, <clears throat> and customers exactly what these insurance companies are doing. You know, because until you come to their door or they've had experience like this, that agent's their friend. You know, they they think they're taking care of them. You know, stuff like that. Even though the agents are involved at this point, obviously, but you know. Uh, but, you know, I don't want to harp on it too much. Let's go ahead and talk about some hail damage and stuff like that. 
uh, being up on the roof, Shauna, uh, we we have to differentiate obviously blisters from hail. Right. You know, so when you're when you're looking at blisters compared to hail, what what are we looking at? Uh, blisters typically are are deeper. Uh, they're more they're tar. I mean, you can you can see where it's kind of melted a little bit, and and you can see like a bubble pop. Right. You know, so it's usually more circular, um, and uh, and it's usually darker um, because obviously more of the mat has come up and and then you know popped. So there's um, you, the granules are usually gone. Um, so you can usually tell the difference between blisters versus hail damage. Um, hail damage is going to be uh, you know typically um softer uh, softer is that really the word yeah i mean you can, you, for, you, can, you can feel an indentation or it feels mm -hmm. spongy right the uh, there's going to be damage and but you're going to be able to see you know the integrity of the shingle itself you're going to be able to see the matting and you're going to see right. the granules and you're going to see the different layers of the shingle right. you know throughout this area and when you say granule you're, you're saying you're going to see where you know, hail hits the top of the grain granules and, mm -hmm. and basically indents that mat. Right. And when they are removed, you can kind of see the, like, it, it's almost like when you take a pin or something like that and just press it on your skin for a little while. When you take it away, you can see an indentation. Like that, the granules, that's what you're talking about? Right. And you're going to be able to see the threads of the shingle. You know, the sh mm -hmm. the, there's threads that combine the shingle matter, you know. So you're going to be able to see um, the actual structure of the shingle versus you know a blister popping it usually it's molten and you know you can tell that it's yeah. uh, more tarry looking it, i guess a, a blister is heat trying to escape from right. from the inside out mm -hmm. uh, and, and and it causes it, there has to be somewhere for a releasing point for it and it goes through the mat and, and causes a causes a blister almost almost like a popped pimple i guess you, you could say mm -hmm. and a lot of times you see fiberglass associated with with that blister, uh, hail is something that impacts from the outside in to where there's embedded granules, a softer touch, um, a spongy feel, I, I, I like to say. Um, and, and hail is not necessarily a perfect, it's not like a golf ball hitting right. a house. Um, hail comes in different shapes and sizes. Right. So, so well, you also, like, I think you, trying to see, you, you also said, uh, or to me one time, you, you should see some cracking around a hail head, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when that when that mat gets indented, you know, like it gets hit by a, uh, a hail, you know, an, an inch and a quarter or up or something like that, it's going to, um, you'll see some cracking dispersing from, from where the hail hit because, it, you know, it's almost like a wind crease shingle, mm -hmm. you know, that, that uh, shingle has lost its integrity in that particular area, so you're going to see some granule loss, and it, it may look like cracking, right? Yes, it could look like cracking. Um, it, it's just not going to be a perfect little hole, you know, necessarily. Right. Yeah. Right. A little right. fracture to the matting mm -hmm. a little on, on, on okay. larger hail. Right. I got you. Now, another thing, um, and I actually uh, learned this from uh, some adjusters that I've been on, on the roofs with and and you know sometimes you get a cool adjuster that really does talk to you and explain some things and stuff like that so i try to learn any any chance i get um they talked to me about uh, this is a state farm adjuster actually uh he was explaining how you know when you get on the roof you see a lot of granule loss you know premature granule loss whatever it may be from heat or you know poor ventilation things like that you need to find hail hits that are not in what they would call foot traffic in the middle of all this granule loss because it's hard to say it's actually hail for them you know when they report it back to the insurance company am i am i speaking along the right terms there 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, they're 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 going to do their test square on the north, south, east, and west faces, um, particularly not in not not in a valley or or right. where a lot of foot traffic should be associated with. But now, if you're looking at roofs that are 20, 30 years old, um, there is a lot of granular loss, and, and it can be difficult to mm-hmm. spot these yeah. these actual hell impacts but that's where collateral comes into play at yeah collateral is a big deal when it is a hailstorm but you know having having that collateral especially if you know roof in that condition uh but if you're able to find on the actual roof itself uh you know going beyond the collateral standalone hail hits that are away from a bunch of granule loss that is a really good indicator that hail has hit the roof absolutely definitely um so when you're on the roof as well you know we talked about, you know, you just mentioned, you know, north, south, east, west, you know, they want to, is it, is it about three out of four directional slopes need to be damaged pretty good? Yeah, uh, I would say usually the, the southeast and west needs to have, right. you know, six to 12 hits. Um, yeah, I mean, on your north face, you're going to have, that's typically where you're going to have your algae growth, you know, have, they don't see as much of the storm. Yeah. So it, you, north face is always a great place to probably find spatter. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That, that algae kind of protects acts as a protectant over that mm-hmm. shingle and and for those that don't understand exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about spatter so when you have a, a dirty surface you know algae or whether it be an ac unit and just look you know it's a little older it's going to have a dirty surface so when hail comes down it's going to hit it and it's going to um it's it's going to make it look different where it hit it's going to almost take a little tiny layer of the algae off to show uh, a cleaner mark per se or you know i may not be using the words exactly right but hopefully y'all can kind of picture what i'm what i'm saying here but you should see basically a bunch of dots on on that's what spatter is basically it doesn't damage the integrity of the shingle but it does show that hail has hit the roof just kind of knocks the dust off yeah it knocks the dust off that's a a little oxidation uh uh, you know we didn't mention it but uh wood fences you know look for spatter on wood fences Definitely. Decks. Decks, you know, steps, stairs, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, uh, the rails, stuff like that. You know, it's all covered in uh, what's called contents, right? Is that, is that right in the policy? Is it covered under contents or? De- uh, decking and handrails, it's all dwelling. It's Okay, it's yeah. part of the Anything dwelling. Anything that's a permanent fixture of the, the house is considered dwelling. Okay, uh, so contents would be things like a grill and things like that, Correct, right? Okay, right. My, Patio my, my mistake. Okay. But gotcha. that's all... That's all uh, damage as well that needs yeah. to be noted. Yeah, it's all Absolutely. supporting damage. Yeah. Yeah. If you see uh, like a pool canopy, you know, got a bunch of holes through exactly. it. Looks yeah. looks like somebody went psycho on it with a knife. Mm-hmm. You know, it's <laughs> typically hail damage there. Right. Um, so move, you know, moving forward about like what insurance companies are looking for. Obviously, different insurances have different standards. Uh, even different adjusters within those insurance companies are going to have different standards. But um, three out of four directional slopes, typically, like Chuck said, the south, east, and west, because um, the north is going to have that algae on it. Mm-hmm. But when the adjuster comes out there, they're going to be doing a 10 by 10 test square. So, right. you know, go ahead and do a 10 by 10 test square and, and see what you can come up with. And, and like I said, different insurance companies have different standards. Some of them want at least six hits in the in the test square, some eight or more, uh, even as upwards as 10 or 13, I've heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember which which company it was, but, uh, you know, it, it was Allstate. It was a CAT adjuster. Mm-hmm. Um, I was up there south of Nashville, 
And th this guy was really super cool. Uh, he actually would circle the hail hits and then put bees next to the blisters for the desk adjuster to see, like, okay, this is what the blister looks like. This is what the hail looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that was that's the first time I've seen that and the only time I've actually seen that happen. But he was saying at the time that uh, Allstate was looking for 13 or more hits in, in the test square. Yeah. Whenever you have a catastrophe, we call, we call them cats, but whenever you have a cat uh, event, um, a catastrophe event, insurance companies usually kind of tighten up the purse strings a little bit and kind of up their own internal mm -hmm. internal guidelines uh, it doesn't translate to the customer's policy or anything like that it's just their little internal guidelines to try and limit their liability or limit their exposure yeah. you know during yeah. the storms definitely if, uh, uh, you know the success i've had up there in tennessee uh, uh, that area has definitely been labeled a catastrophic i believe right the number of claims coming through there i had a Farm Bureau, uh, Farm Bureau adjuster is actually a third party, um, but he's working for Farm Bureau at the time. Uh, he said that there was like a, oh god, like four thousand claims that just mm -hmm. Farm Bureau had done in the area. Yeah. Yep. It's outrageous. Yes, what what causes it to be a catastrophic storm compared to just just a? Mm, it's just I think it's, I, I mean each company would be different. I think USA had certain standards. You know to determine you know a catastrophe situation or a cat event um which was probably the number of claims that had been filed within a certain amount of time um and you know it right away obviously your phones are ringing off the hook and you have hundreds of people calling in and filing claims it was a pretty significant mm -hmm. uh, event that had just happened you know so people you know they usually process that pretty quick and determine it's you know a cat event within hours if not i mean worse would be maybe a couple of days or something but okay. you know these larger storms hurricanes um tropical storms yeah um, definitely the tornado that we had you know down in noonan uh, definitely would have qualified for a cat event um you know so it, it really just depends on what yep. the internal guidelines are you know for how many claims they use but i, I think i was um i think i had an all-state adjuster that told me um it takes over a million dollars. If a storm causes over a million dollars worth of damage, that's when it becomes a catastrophe. I didn't know if that was um, what with all insurance companies or just their kind of guidelines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's probably not an industry standard, just like, you know, the amount of hail hits in a test square. Everybody's going to kind of gauge it differently if I had to guess. Mm -hmm. you know, they, if they're spending a bunch of money, they might go ahead and they might as well go ahead and label a cat <laughs> catastrophe. But uh, you know, we talked. So we talked about the directional slopes. Uh, we talked about the test squares, um, different insurance standards, obviously. But uh, another thing to look for up there, a good indicator that hail's hit at home is you know hit, hits on these ridge and hip shingles. Um, even though a, a slope might be tore up for some reason, these insurance adjusters really love to see hits on on these hips and ridge shingles. I, I, I guess in their mind, it, it's the first thing because it's it's the ridge. It's it's the the highest point. So maybe it it's the first to be contacted, or something like that. Mm, it's just the most exposed, probably. Okay. Because you know, it's at the top, and obviously it's. Yeah. And, and these hip and ridge shingles are you if if you're on an architectural roof, there's usually a, and that's a thirty year shingle. Mm -hmm. the, these hip and ridges are a twenty twenty five year shingle. They're, they're not laminated like. Like the thirty-year shingle, they they want to see collateral on on those hip and ridges because those are more of a vulnerable shingle than the face shingles. Yeah, and for you new guys out there, or girls as well, doing this job, uh, you know, when it comes time to actually putting that roof on there, it, 
take take into consideration the type of neighborhood it is. One thing that Elite Exteriors likes to do uh, for the hips and ridges, uh, it's a good selling point as well. Is we'll, we'll go ahead and toss Timbertex on there. You know, it gives the home a nice little bold outline, but it is a little bit of extra protection on those exposed areas, that, like Shauna said. It, it's a much thicker shingle. It's mm -hmm. classified as a lifetime shingle, a 50-year shingle. Um, it's it's double layered compared to your your Silla Ridge or some contractors just cut up a three tab shingle and and slap those on there. But yeah, per personally, I'm I'm totally against that. I I, I do not like the uh, the waste uh, factor going on the hips and ridges. I don't like the look of it. Absolutely. Um, um, and I don't want to I don't I don't want to tell the homeowner that I'm cutting up shingles to put on those hips and ridges either. I'd rather use Silla Ridge or or Timber Tex. Well, and you know field shingles. Uh, Per Xactimate, you know, the ridge cap shingle line item, the regular one, um, it does account for three tab shingles that are not, and it specifically says in Xactimate that it's, you know, ridge caps for three tab shingles that are not included in the waste factor. And uh, so you can, you know, estimating wise, we use that for three tab, um, you know, to accommodate those extra measurements for the ridge. Uh, but you know, um, where was I going with that? <laughs> I, lost my train of I totally lost my train of thought. Uh, it happens, it no, happens. I know, all the time. It's the mom brain, I swear. But yes, uh, so anyway, the it, it's it's bad when they include that, you know, in there. Um, but obviously, oh, my point was Sealer Ridge, ridge cap shingles that are specifically designed to be ridge cap shingles are made to bend. They're made to, you know, um, bend over the hips and ridges. And um, they, when you try and use a field shingle that's not mm -hmm. necessarily uh, built to do that, and you're bending these shingles, um, you're going to have more granule loss. So, very true, very true. Um, so, you know, we've done the inspection now. Uh, we've we've gotten all of our photographs. Uh, obviously, you, you want to get photos of your test squares. You want to get photos of the uh, the damage that you discovered, and then you also want to get great overhead. Uh, shots. You want to get as many angles as you can on the top of that roof. Uh, we want to be able to see the number of pipe boots, the number of vents. Uh, you know, if you if you're good, if you can do it, go ahead and write down. Um, you know, with with your chalk or soapstone, whenever you're using, um, go ahead and write those, that stuff down on a slope and take a photo of it. You can include the the, the footage of the uh, the ridge vent if you know how to count that. Uh, Chuck, what what's an easy way to, to to count the you know how long the ridge vent is? I, I count it by I, I know a ridge vent is is four feet long so so I measure um, I, I just count how many how many four feet pieces are up there and just multiply it okay so, gotcha. so uh, that's what I was looking for good <laughs> quick quick tip bro <laughs> that's all I needed um, you also want to make sure um, while you're taking your overviews on on the roof you want to make sure that the chimney has a cricket that, that's another code it, Take a look at the chimney. Make sure that there's a cricket there. Well, expl uh, explain real fast for those that don't know what a cricket is. <clears throat> a, a cricket is to prevent water from building up behind the chimney. Uh, it, it, it's a runoff to where water will flow around the chimney and not just build up behind it. Gotcha. So you're looking at almost like a little, um, uh, almost like two just slopes right behind the chimney there. Correct. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, like a little. It's also called it's, a saddle. Instead of like a, a what. Um, I don't want to use the wrong term, but is it rake or a downward slope? Or right. 
Okay, yeah. so instead of just a flat rake behind the chimney, because it's easy, easily to have uh, water build up right there. Absolutely. And if you don't have things like ice and water and things like that, it's 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 probably going to infiltrate through that flashing and the you know the holes that are put through the with the nails and whatnot. So, uh, all right, cool. Well, um, at this point, you know it's it's probably time to get down off of your ladder. Go talk to the homeowner about what you found. Now, me personally, um, you know, I will show some photos and stuff like that. And if, if that homeowner is ready to file a claim right then and there, awesome. Uh, that's not necessarily my approach all the time. A lot of times the homeowners also want to, you know, they want to talk to their spouse about it and things like that. Um, you know, if that's the case, that's fine. So what I personally like to do, uh, utilizing the, the, the AccuLinks program, I can actually create a PDF file. Um, so I go ahead and put all the damaged photos together in a PDF file and then I email that over to them, you know, by the, by dinner time or that evening, whatever it may be, I let them know you're going to be getting this, uh, you know, within the next, next few hours, um, go ahead and review it, you know, take the opportunity to talk to your spouse about it if you need to. And then, um, while I'm at it, I go ahead and put in a brochure of the, the uh, products that we like to use I like to include um, the the warranties that come with those products um, I'll go ahead and throw our business insurance and license in there sometimes you know uh, we're bonded in certain states you know I let them know that, you know give them that information as well I try to give them as much as I possibly can to let them know not only are we uh, a real company we're not just some storm chaser chuck you know chucking a truck no <laughs> uh, offense <laughs> no chuck <laughs> i know it's, it's so funny i heard joe say that term and i immediately thought oh man we got an owner named chuck <laughs> i literally get that All every day for the past four or five years so <laughs> i know right so, so i'm pretty immune to start it start saying joe schmo and then <laughs> joe can be i use joe schmo all the time too yeah i have to i have to call him out on that one mm -hmm. um but you know, with these emails you send to these homeowners, uh, if, you, if you don't have them filing a claim right there, you want to follow up as soon as possible, uh, and then you want to follow up to your follow up if you don't hear hear back from them, you know, within the next 24 hours or so. But go ahead and include in your recommendation, explain what you're seeing, explain what uh, you know. I go ahead and throw into the uh, a couple things about their policy that they may not know about or that they should check into, such as statute of limitations, depending on you know how long ago the storm was and things like that. Code upgrade um, coverage. Yeah, code upgrade coverage is a big one. So, like, yeah, we I actually had an Allstate guy who, who didn't have code upgrade coverage, so they didn't pay for that. Obviously, we installed anyway. You know, I'm going to go ahead and eat those costs. But, I, you know, he appreciated the fact that I informed him, you do not have code upgrade coverage. You may want to go get this or shop around for a new policy that does include it. Um, being professional, being honest, um, explain what you found on the roof. Um, go ahead and explain to them what insurance companies are looking for, especially if you're familiar with that insurance company. Um, so that's a better, that, that lets them gauge, okay, well, if that's what they're looking for. That's obviously what I see that I have on the, you know, the damage that they found. You know, this, this should be a, a lay down as we call it. You know, they should go ahead and replace this. Um, but the number one factor, I think, is just to be honest. Uh, you know, so I, you know, I'll remind everybody, you know, the, the, some of the best advice I got when I first got into this. Uh, it actually came from my dad. He did sales, not roofing, obviously. Uh, it was fiber optics, but, he, you know, sales is, you know, generally the same across the board. You're out there hustling and whatnot. Uh, his advice to me was, son, you know, just be honest. Talk to them like you're, they're your friend and just don't don't effing lie is what he said you know if you don't know an answer to a question that is absolutely fine mm -hmm. you can tell them you don't know the answer but you just go find it That's right. hey, let me go let me go get the answer for you and i'll, I'll reach back out 
so be honest. Uh, that this is exactly how referrals are gained. I, I've I've had people send me their friends and and, and family members uh, even after I told them that they didn't you know because I to, I was honest and I told them they didn't have any damage to the roof. It happened just the other day. Got off a of home, you know, they had soup, tons of tree coverage, so it was very, very hard for Hale to, to reach this house. And as soon as I got off, well, he, can you go look at my daughter's house? Absolutely. You know, she, she appreciated the fact that I was honest with her, and so she, she sent me right over there. Yeah, Carlson and I just got off a, got off a 100 square a couple of days ago. Um, no damage on it. So I bet that hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we were excited, and, and we got up there and realized, you know, um, mm. let's just go down and let the homeowner know what. Yeah, you know, um, so, so, some some minor issues going on, but nothing to warrant a full yeah. replacement. So we took photos of that, showed him that. Right. Not one single hit. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, well, it's going to take more than one, right? One yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and he actually joked. He's like. You're not going to be in business too long, being honest. <laughs> <laughs> You'd but, be surprised. <laughs> but, but, but he he did refer us to um, a, a, a friend. You, there you know, go. So so he he did appreciate it. We yeah, I mean, you create him. this trust, and then also when another storm comes through, who do you think they're going to call? They're going to call the guy that didn't lie to him about it the first time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, so keep that in mind. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, but just to go back to it, be ready to file a claim, though. Um, and like I said, be, be uh, ready to follow up as well. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, homeowners like to discuss it with their spouse, and that's okay. Uh, don't, don't be scared to continue to follow up. My motto is, I, I, I've even told homeowners this, like, hey, I'm going to bother you until you tell me not to. You know, and, and I joke. I joke about it. You know, I laugh it off and everything like that. And they laugh with me, but you know, I'm serious when I say it. Though, like, I'm going to call you once a week <laughs> until you tell me to stop calling you. You know, <laughs> uh, and, and so you have to be persistent. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if if a hustler is not being persistent, he's not hustling. Absolutely. And when I say hustler, I don't mean it in a negative sense. You know, <laughs> everybody in the industry, industry should be calling themselves hustlers and getting out after it. And but that's what this podcast is for—to help you guys do that. Uh, once again, thank you for joining us. We're going to call it a day. Um, this is Slinging Roofs 101. Don't forget to look us up on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, feel free to reach out. Slinging Roofs 101. That's no G on Slinging, obviously. Uh, Slinging Roofs 101 at .com. Uh You've got questions. You've got um, comments on things that we discussed. Maybe we missed something. Like I said, we're by no means that we claim to be experts, and there's no step-by-step -step process to this game that works on every single occasion. So uh, hit us up. We love our listener participation. Y'all have a good one.